Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. We're back, live with more Rami McLaughlin on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Third and final hour with you, Rami McLaughlin on 670 The Score on a Friday night. Happy New Year's Eve, Eve. Hope you all have fun, but safe plans all set for the holiday. Tyler Buterbaugh on the other side of the glass, producing and on the ones and twos coming up this hour. I'll talk some Bulls with Mike McGraw of the Daily Herald. Tough loss for the Bulls last night. We'll get into that at about 820 and where this basketball team goes from here. But uh, 312-644-6767, if you want to get in on the discussion, you can uh, use that number to call or send in your texts on the Chicago Bears. And I, I just, it's not good for me. And it's probably not going to be good for you mental health wise. But there are so many avenues that the Bears can go down this offseason. And all of them realistic. All of them viable avenues that the Chicago Bears could go down this offseason with the way that this season and the last two years under Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus has played out. And I've said this a number of times. When, when, when you talk about the four major players, and I don't mean on the field players, but the four major players in the Bears organization that people have questions about, it's Ryan Poles, who has won over a lot of people with the way this season has gone and all the assets and salary cap space that they have. There's uh, Justin Fields, who I feel it's like 50-50. Keep him, let him go. Matt Eberflus, who I think 60, 70% of the people want him gone, 30, 40% would be okay with seeing what this guy's got for one more year. And then you got Luke Getze, who everybody wants fired. Everybody who, 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 who wears blue and orange, whether professionally or just for, you know, funsies, we all want Luke Getze fired. And they could go down and they could, they could keep one of those guys, they could keep two of those guys, three of those guys, four of those guys. And a lot of, while I wouldn't agree with a lot of the routes or paths that they would take, I would understand a few of them. If if you moved away from Justin Fields, all right. I I mean I I'm I'm in on Justin Fields. I want to keep him, but I understand you have the number one pick. This guy's been here for three years. He hasn't shown you know elite franchise quarterback level production, which is what you drafted him for. You move on. Okay, I get that. You move on from Eberflus, I would definitely get that. You move on from Getze, I'd be disappointed if you didn't. Even if you moved on from Ryan Poles, I would, I would understand that. If, if I'm Kevin Warren and the Chicago Bears, I'd understand that. Hell, 
even if if you fired everybody, I would un- I would I would understand that. You know what I, mean? I would get it. But there's one path that they cannot take this offseason that I will not accept. And I've said stuff in the past like I'm not going to be a fan anymore. I said it in the last segment where I was like, if the Bear- if the Packers have a third Hall of Fame quarterback, I quit football. I'm not I'm not quitting football. I'm not going to stop being a Bears fan. That's just not going to happen. I don't have it in me. But it'd be as close as I'll ever come to not being a Bears fan if they go down this path. And I think this could happen, guys. This could very well happen. They keep everybody but Justin Fields. They keep Poles. They keep Eberflus. And they keep Getze, and they just say, that guy was the problem. We need to change the quarterback. Everything will be fixed. I'll quit football for you. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. They, abs- they 100% can't do that this offseason. If I'm, if I'm George McCaskey or if I'm Kevin Warren and I have this power, we don't really know what, what power Kevin Warren has on the football side of things or if he was just brought in to get a new stadium. But whoever it is that's making the, the, the final call on everything, whoever sits atop this flow chart of power in, in the Chicago Bears organization, whoever that is, if, if, if I get an email from Ryan Poles that says, uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm keeping Fluce. I'm keeping Getze. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trade Justin Fields this offseason. We're going to go in a different direction at quarterback. I would reply. I would reply all. <laughs> <laughs> to Poles, to Flus, and to Getze, and say, you know what? Right after you're done with that meeting, where you tell Justin Fields to turn in his playbook, we plan on trading you this offseason, why don't you step into my office? Because I got some bad news for you. We're going in a completely different direction with all you jokers. You cannot justify that to me. You could not in a million years justify to me keeping everybody but Justin Fields. If you, if you, if you wanted to, 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 to clean house completely and bring in a new GM and a new coach and say you get to pick your own quarterback, I'd be like, finally, they're all on the same page. You have a GM who hired a coach, who, and they both bought in on a new quarterback. You don't have this thing where a GM is inheriting a quarterback or a coach is inheriting a GM, or, and it's this constant it's this constant game of, of can they get along? Is this, is this guy his guy? And if not, can they still work together? I would understand that. If you kept Justin Fields, changed offensive coordinators, great. If you kept Justin Fields and, 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 and made a change of head coach, cool. I already said if you get rid of Justin Fields, all right. But other guys got to take some of the heat as well, and the real heat. Not just writers and, and people who do what I do for a living and fans saying, get rid of that guy. He stinks. Not that heat. Real heat. Accountability. Consequences. Because they share as much of the blame, if not more, for what's gone on here the last two plus years in terms of the success of this football team and in terms of the, the development and, and success of Justin Fields personally. I couldn't sit here with a good conscience as a Bears fan, and I don't know how the McCaskies and Kevin Warren could sit there with a good conscience laying this all at the feet of Justin Fields. And forget conscience, logic. 
It wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. And, and, and the scariest scenario is, I think I said this on Wednesday, and it, it hurt my brain and broke my heart just to contemplate this possibility, but the scariest scenario to me is these guys all get to come back except for Justin Fields. You bring in the rookie quarterback, and the defense is playing at a top-flight level for the rest of this season, and you go into next year, and they probably spend some salary cap money to put some pieces around that quarterback or whatever the case might be, and, and, and everybody gets excited and goes, this is it. We're going to win. The McCaskies believe it. Kevin Warren believes it. Bears fans, media, we all go, this, this team is poised to win right now. Maybe not Super Bowl, but this is a playoff team. And you go into next season with those expectations. And then that quarterback that they selected has some stumbles, has some struggles, as a rookie quarterback would do. And as a result, has some question marks hanging over him at the end of his rookie season. And then the organization says, you know what? We're going to make a change at GM and head coach. And now you got guys coming in with a quarterback on his rookie contract, one year in, has some question marks hanging over him. Pretty good defense, though. And a new coach and a new GM who now are going to come in and go, well, is this our quarterback? Are these our guys? Does this sound familiar? The continuous circle. We just did this two years ago. We just did this two years ago. And that's entirely possible, man. To me, and I know this might not be fair. I'm fully aware that this might not be fair. But if I'm the Bears organization, Ryan Poles is as tied to Justin Fields as he would be if I hired him, or I'm sorry, as he would be if he drafted him. Even though he didn't, in my eyes, he'd be as tied to him, as handcuffed to him as if he had drafted him. Because when I gave up all those assets to get Justin Fields, even though Ryan Pace made the pick, you as an organization were more invested and more bought in on Justin Fields at that point than you were Ryan Pace. So the next guy who comes in, the first question I ask him in the interview is what are you going to do to win with Justin Fields? If, whether it's a GM, whether it's a coach, whether it's an offensive coordinator, what are you going to do to win with this guy? What are you going to do to help this guy? What are you going to do to develop this guy and put him in position to succeed? And if Ryan Pohl's answer to me is, well, I'm not totally sold on Justin Fields. Fair, justified, but you know what? We're going to go in a different direction. I need a GM who's all in on Justin Fields from day one because of the the investment that you made as an organization. That should be the number one qualification for the next general manager coming in is what are you going to do to develop this guy and win with this guy? And if you can't do it, a lot of the blame lays at your feet. And you don't get another quarterback. You don't get to do this again. And on top of that, everybody talks about the rookie contract of a quarterback and, and the window to, to win and succeed in that, in that rookie contract, especially if you have a good defense. We just had that. And Ryan Poles wasted it. Ryan Poles threw it away. And in the meantime, last offseason, when the questions were hanging over Justin Fields, And again, I wanted to keep him, but I would have understood if you had moved on from him. C.J. Stroud was sitting right there, man. 
C.J. Stroud was sitting right there. You could have hit reset on the clock with the rookie quarterback contract right then and there. And like I said before, not everybody saw in C.J. Stroud what we're seeing right now, but that's his job is to see that. It's not my job. Even if I didn't see it, even if I didn't know it, and I was calling for Justin for, for C.J. Stroud to be drafted, that's your job. That's a, that was a franchise quarterback in the draft who you could have gotten and hit reset with the quarterback con, rookie quarterback contract right then and there, and you passed. So how am I supposed to trust you now to select the right guy, to develop the right guy, to put that guy in position to succeed when you haven't done that with the one you've had and you watched one come and go right off the board when you had the pick to take him? Hell, you could have traded down and still gotten him in last year's draft. But you didn't see franchise quarterback on the draft board last year. If you did, you would have pulled the trigger and done it. Because you clearly weren't sold on Justin Fields. I say We both kind of agree. We weren't really sure about that C.J. Stroud was going to be that guy. And I don't think a lot of people were. And I think I would give polls the benefit of the doubt there, I would guess. I think he was still sold on Justin Fields. I think it comes down to if he sees Fields better than both these guys, as Bryce Young and... Uh, C.J. Stroud, so I guess I guess it came down to that, and he believes in Justin Fields. You can kind of see that those two, they seem like they're on the same page. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I'm like see, leaning towards where he's not done with Justin Fields just yet. I don't, I don't, I don't let I don't give them that excuse. I don't give them that leeway or that benefit of the doubt. My, me and my brother, that's where my sports talk radio career began. We would scream at each other about various Chicago sports things, and I eventually. Turn that into a profession somehow, but he he'll well nobody knew Patrick. I shouldn't I shouldn't. That's not my brother's voice. He doesn't sound like that. But he'll <laughs> he'll be like nobody knew Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Well, yeah, but it's their job to see it. You know what I mean? Right. Because I don't see it, and because it's not what you know Mel Kiper or Todd McShay are talking about, doesn't mean that Ryan Poles shouldn't see it. That's that's what he gets paid to do. No, that's a fair point. So that's wh- a fair point. Whether they were touted as the next big thing, as the next Aaron Rodgers, or now it's the next Patrick Mahomes, you know, whoever is the best quarterback in the league, the best quarterback in the draft every year is the next that guy. You know what I mean? Even if I wasn't calling it out or anybody else wasn't calling it out, he should have seen it. That's what he gets paid to do. That's his job. It can slip through the cracks with me. No harm, no foul. It, it, it does nothing to hurt the Bears in any way, shape, or form if I'm wrong about a guy that's in the draft. It hurts them. He has that job to find and select and develop and win and succeed with the right guy. I don't care what the buzz is. I don't. It doesn't matter what the buzz is, not even a little bit. That's his job. Especially with how he's, he's hit on a, like a, a handful of guys like late in the draft. You would hope and think that he can hit on those guys early in the draft. I would say he hit on Darnell Wright, but now, like, yeah, in the quarterback situation, this is where I'm kind of like in the same question as you being asked that you get the right coaching in. To me, this is like the the main priority is getting the right coaching in, and that first question should be, can you fix Justin Fields and use his potential of what other people are seeing and what it's there, or not? And then if if the question if the answer is no, we can't, then I'm okay with them drafting a quarterback. To me, the biggest thing is get the coaching right because I swear the Bears have missed over and over and over yet on the on the coaching more yes. than the quarterback. They consistently hire the wrong people. Like, to the point where, Tyler, 
when they hire people, like you said about Luke Getze before, and I, I had the same feeling about Luke Getze. Kevin Warren is a great example uh, of, of a guy who comes in with a resume and a background that you look at and you go, yeah, man, that, that makes sense. That hire makes sense. That's in the front of my head where I use logic. And then in the back of my head where I've been traumatized by the Chicago Bears my whole career, I go, well, if they're hiring him, he must not be the right guy simply because they are hiring him. You know what I mean? They just have a tendency and a habit to hire the wrong people and not the most competent people, whether it's a president or a general manager or a coach or an offensive coordinator. They just consistently get it wrong with the people that they hire. And when you do that, the guys, the guys on the roster, as we trickle down, they're doomed from the start. They're, and Justin Fields and everybody else, when you can't get those hires right, you're doomed from the start because, as I'll say it a thousand times, no one is franchise-proof. If you have a, a franchise run by morons, I'm not calling anybody specifically a moron. I'm just saying, if you have a franchise run by morons, you're not going to succeed. I don't care if you have an especially talented or smart guy that you stumbled onto at one position, whether it's general manager or quarterback or coach or whatever the case might be, if they're the one lone, competent, talented uh, uh, person who, who, is, who is, seems destined for success, if the rest of it ain't right, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And the Bears keep getting it wrong. And I would force, I would force Ryan Poles, if I'm the Chicago Bears, to at least, as I said earlier, Put Justin Fields in a position to succeed, and if he still fails, then you can point the finger at him. But when you've done to him what you've done to him in the two years that you've had him and wasted his rookie contract, completely wasted a year, didn't try to win games at all in the first year of the Ryan Poles era, didn't get him any help offensively in the first year of the Ryan Poles era, and kind of threw away half this season because it was clear they weren't really serious about winning, even if they did extend Cole Komet and DJ Moore. You, you effectively wasted two years of this guy's career and didn't do a lot to help him succeed or develop, and then you guys get to keep your job, and he's the scapegoat? I can't live with that outcome, man. That's the one path that the Bears cannot take, which is keep everybody but Justin Fields. That's not accountability. That's not getting better. That's not changing anything. It's going to be the same thing over again, and I'm telling you, it's real possible that in a year we'll be sitting here talking about a GM and a new coach who are looking at their quarterback and going, I don't know if he's the guy, and trading guys and starting a new rebuild in a year. A year. We could be a year away from that. Think about that. That makes me a little sick. I'm going to go throw up, and then we'll be right back, and I'm going to talk some Bulls with Mike McGraw. He covers the Bulls for the Daily Herald. It's Robbie Makloff on 670 The Score. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy. Hey, Mikey, if you're going to puke, find the popcorn bowl. But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We're back, live with more Rami McLaugh on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Dale and Terry, Terry stutter step. He's going to take it to the rim, rolls the pass left corner. Terry Taylor, three ball at the buzzer. Nope, ball game over. Indiana wins it 120 to 104. Chuck Swirsky with the call right here on 670 The Score, your home for Bulls basketball. I'm Rami Makhlouf on that very station and on your Odyssey app. Back to some Bears talk coming up at about 840. But joining us right now to talk about those Bulls, he covers them for the Daily Herald. You can follow him on Twitter at Sports. It's my pleasure to welcome in Mike McGraw. Mike, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. That was, that was a tough one last night. It started off looking like the Bulls cooled off and 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 they were down I think it was 21 at one point then they come back take a lead briefly in the third quarter and then just let it slip through their fingers yeah I think it was 25 at one point and I was thinking man this is the most miserable game uh, of the season and then all of a sudden they make this uh, surprising comeback we're leading by three for a while so at least it turned into a good game you know good crowd they always get good crowds in the holiday season people take their family to a game so I'm glad the people who were there uh, got to see a good game but uh too many three-pointers by Indiana. You know, prior to that, they had won, I think it was 9 of 13 and, and 5 of their last 7. And this, this team heated up and and it, in large part coincided with Zach Levine going out with the injury. I'm I'm not one to ever say, you know, a, a team is better without their best players. How do you explain the the turnaround for this basketball team without the guy who, who just got the big contract this offseason? Well, I don't think you can deny it that um... – the uh, once one some some things were off when the season started they were they would play really well some games they played like they didn't care in other games when the uh tweet came out that um Levine and his camp were or I guess they said they were open to uh discussing a trade mutual parting of ways or something like that whatever however they they kind of put it nicely so it wouldn't be a trade demand. Mm-hmm. They didn't say trade demand, but, you know, I think it's pretty obvious it was. So after that, you know, they really looked like um, they really looked like a team that their heads weren't in the game. Uh, the effort was bad. They weren't sharing the ball. They were uh, they just looked like a team that didn't want to be out there, didn't want to be didn't want to be playing with each other. And um, when when Levine left the lineup, it all changed overnight. Game one. So I don't see how you can say anything other than the chemistry had gotten really bad. And it's, uh, I think you could, you could criticize the bulls for kind of creating this situation. They never should have given Levine a max contract in the first place, especially if they don't think he's a max player and they probably wouldn't be in this position if they had 
negotiated with him, told his uh, agent, we don't think he's a max player. We think he can be a valuable part of our future or whatever they want to say. Or maybe they, maybe they trade him and his trade value would have been higher then than it is now. But uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely think Levine leaving the lineup has played a big role in turning this around. And obviously the other one is that, um, you know, the ball, we're getting more, the ball is in Kobe White's hands more often. I assume is getting more playing time. And those guys, especially Kobe, made a huge jump this year is really starting to blossom. That's been a lot of fun for the fans to watch, I'm sure. Yeah, and when you talk about Kobe White and these other guys that have sort of stepped up in, into bigger roles in Zach Levine's absence, how, he's going to come back from the injury eventually. And, and from everything I understand, and you can tell me if this has changed, the, the trade market and interest on the trade market has has been cool to say the least when you're talking about Zach Levine since that request or being open to a trade. How do they work him back in but keep the good things that they got going with, with Kobe White and the rest of these guys? Well, that'll be very interesting. Uh, <laughs> you raise a good point there. I think uh, I would agree that it's it's in order for them to make any kind of a decent trade for Levine, and I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're looking for three first-round picks. They're probably just going to make a trade that, that doesn't – they'd be willing to make a trade that doesn't hurt him, perhaps. But um, he's going to have to get back on the court and show that he's, one, healthy, and two, can, you know, contribute to winning because he, he wasn't doing that. He hasn't done that much in his, in his entire career. So, you know, people aren't going to – these other teams aren't going to take on the – you know, hundred plus million that he has left on his contract. If they don't, if, you know, if they're concerned about him being a, a winning player and help them, uh, you know, lead them to victories, he hasn't done a lot of that. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting. You would think that sitting out and seeing how well the Bulls have played without him is got to be an eye opener, right? He's got to look at that and say, you know, he may not say I was the problem, but he should say this team can be good and I can be a part of that. So, and he, and he can be, he's, a, he's obviously a two-time all-star. He's a good player. He'd add some firepower, some three-point shooting, some things they need. There are some things that he uh, could still improve in that, um, you know, maybe he'll take to heart in the, uh, after this episode. But uh, yeah, it does look like he's going to have, there's not going to be much choice, but he's going to have to come back and, and play and try to help. And, and that's the, only chance that they'll have of, of uh, even getting traded is to play well. Talking with Mike McGraw, covers the Bulls for the Daily Herald on 670 The Score. Robbie Makloff with you on a Friday evening. So where does this basketball team, I, I find myself constantly just feeling like they're stuck in the mud of mediocrity, Mike. And, and I, I, don't, I don't see any avenue opening up anytime soon for them to get out of that, am, am I am I overstating the situation? Am I am I am I being hyperbolic about it, or is that indeed where they're at right now with this this core of guys, this group of guys that they've put together on this roster? Yes, I think you are correct in that assessment. But I think what what I would argue is that there's a way out besides, you know, they just they just try to rebuild. They try to be bad and get high draft picks that has not worked well at all. They kind of gave up on the rebuild, maybe a little prematurely when they, uh, you know, traded two first round picks and uh, Wendell Carter for Vucevic. And now, um, 
you know, going back to that, let's trade everybody and try to get a high draft pick again. It, to me, it is not a good idea. That's a, a proven bad idea. You might get lucky and uh, and get a couple of uh, uh, you know generational players, but that's the odds are slim to do that. So, but one thing I think that their way out, I think you can see their way out now. You're starting to see it. It's these young guys playing better. They have a young. They're they're kind of building a young nucleus of White, Tasumu. Patrick Williams, you know, Dale and Terry could join that group if he gets a little better. Alex Crusoe's 29, so he's a little older, but he's still uh, at the top of his game. So now, you know, Lonzo Ball could come back. He's only 25. Mm-hmm. So what you're looking at is now you've got kind of an – you want to become that group to become kind of an exciting young nucleus, right? And now you can see where there's that there's a brighter future for the Bulls. Now you have – now you want to be able to make trades. Now the next time, you know, when was the last time uh, uh, you see star players asked to be traded all the time in the yeah. NBA? When was the last time anybody wanted to be traded to the Bulls? You know, probably when Thibodeau was here when they were good. So now you need now you now you need to become a destination point for some of these team. Whatever whoever the next uh, disgruntled NBA superstar is, you want the Bulls to be on their radar and say, yeah, that's a team I wouldn't mind going to. Because I want to play with uh, Kobe White and uh, whoever else is still around, and then you maybe you can make a trade, maybe you can you know sign as a free agent if you free up some cap room. So that's that's their path out. That's that's how the 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 good teams are are built more often in the NBA is is through trades and free agency. You need good players want to come to your team. That's where it all starts. You know that's a great point you make, and I I hadn't thought about it until you just till you just voiced it, which is that. It, it, it wasn't that long ago. I know it might seem like it, but Tim Duncan would hit the free agent market and the Bulls were, were in the mix. Kobe Bryant was disgruntled in Los Angeles and, and the Bulls were in the mix. When these guys were either on free in the free agent market or they were on the trading block, the Bulls would consistently come up as, as a possible destination, and you don't hear that anymore. You haven't heard that with Kevin Durant or any of these guys that have changed teams over recent years do you think it's it's the mystique of 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 past success, even even as recent as Derrick Rose, maybe, but that mystique sort of wearing off on this franchise and it not being as attractive a destination as it has been in the past? Yeah, when you try to lose, the mystique wears off very quickly, and uh, the Lakers might be able to keep it up forever, no matter how good they are. Like LeBron asked to join a bad Lakers team, True. but uh, his current teammate Anthony Davis, Chicago native, when Everybody knew he was going to ask out of New Orleans eventually. The Bulls probably should have game-planned for that, to have him come up here and join Jimmy Butler, but they didn't. They tore it all down, and when it was time for Anthony Davis to move, the Bears or Bulls were never even in the picture So for a, a hometown guy. So that's, you know, that's, that's where they're at. That's where they should have been, and they chose the other path, and it hasn't worked out very well. Talking with Mike McGraw for a few more minutes here, covers the Bulls for the Daily Herald. You know, and you you brought up Lonzo Ball and the report, I think it was yesterday, came out that he'll start running soon, that that knee is pain-free for the first time in a long time. He's not going to come back this year, but like you said, maybe he's part of a young core in the future. Do you think the Bulls, when they were putting together this this core that, that they have with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and Vooch and with Lonzo Ball, they saw some of the problems that that could 
come up with this group of guys that we're seeing now that we talked about with Zach Levine and maybe not enough basketball or not enough shots to go around for everybody. But they thought Lonzo Ball, the point guard, could be the key to unlocking it and making this thing work. Do you think they thought he was sort of the failsafe for what what problems might present themselves with this particular group of guys? Well, that's hard to say. I know a lot of people thought didn't think DeRozan would work in Chicago, and and he came in and he had his best, you know, the uh, statistically had the best uh, season of his career, his first year here. Now, you had Levine. It was the you know, the the Levine DeRozan share wasn't fifty fifty. Certainly wasn't equal. Demar was taking more of the shots, and and he should have in that first season because he couldn't miss in the fourth quarter. Last year, you know, they needed a. I think that was probably the problem when when Lonzo went out. I think Zach wanted more of a fifty-fifty share, or maybe take over since he's younger than Demar, and that didn't happen right away. So that could be a cause of some of their problems. But I would be, you know, I think when I think back to that that Lonzo Ball led team that was twenty-seven and eleven at one point, it was really kind of a joy to watch because. Lonzo was so good. That team was so good defensively with uh, Lonzo and Alex Caruso made such a good team because Lonzo has that height. He's six, six big guard. He can clamp on the double teams to in the post or to the uh, leading score on the other team. And then it's quick enough to rotate back. And then Caruso would be lurking in the passing lanes and he'd be getting his hands on. We, you know, when these the guys would get double teamed and have to give it up, Caruso would get his hands on the ball, deflect it, fast break the other way, and they they really gave teams a lot of problems doing that. And uh, they could that that could return next year in theory if if Lonzo's healthy. There's no guarantees, but he's still very young, and there are guys who have missed considerable time who have come back before. So, uh, yeah, that could be that, that could be uh, uh, you know that. That part could return in theory if Lonzo is healthy. And now, I don't know how you fit. Uh, we already talked about how to fit Zach in. That's got to be that's kind of a probably a different issue right now. But um, that's going to be a challenge, no doubt. Last one for you. And I know we're we're more than a month out from the trade deadline. But if you were to say now, are are they buyers, sellers, or standing pat come trade deadline time? Or does that all hinge on Zach Levine and whether they can find a taker for him? Well, I would say it's probably it's probably both Zach and DeRozan. Would they would they decide to you know DeRozan is going to be a free agent after the year? Would they decide to try to get something for him because he might you know a contending team might uh, you might get something for him with Zach? Uh, you know, it's hard to see them making a good trade. Like a, a, in my mind, just being able to trade him for uh, less money than you get back, so that you might have some cap room down the road would. <laughs> feel like a victory if you if you wanted to trade him but maybe they won't maybe they don't won't even get that opportunity maybe they'll be just have to stick it out and hope uh, they can make it better so i i would say is probably going to be a quiet trade deadline unless one of those two guys gets moved that's mike mcgraw covers the bulls for the daily herald on twitter at mcgraw dh sports and my guest for the last few minutes here on the score really appreciate the time mike thanks a lot man All right, no problem. Have a great night. And he joins me on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Yeah, I was never never a believer in this core that they put together. 
with, you know, Levine and, and Vooch and DeRozan and Ball, but I do kind of like we're talking about with Justin Fields. Like, I would like to see it. You know what I mean? I, I we, we haven't seen Justin Fields with a, a full complement of, of weapons and an offensive line and a good play caller, even though I didn't believe in, in it and that it would ever work. I would I would like to see it, and maybe I'm wrong. What what that group could do, and like I said, maybe Lonzo unlocks it. Whatever is not fit, whatever pieces are not fitting when when he's not in there, and whatever is not working, maybe he's the guy to making those pieces fit and making it all work. I don't know. I would like to see it, but I don't I don't know that we will because by the time he comes back from injury, Levine and or DeRozan probably will not be Bulls anymore. One more segment, Rami Makhlouf with you on the score and back right after this. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. We're back live with more Rami McLaw on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Let's go, man. Let's go, man, indeed. Are you a local business owner or employee? How would you like to have your commercial air during Super Bowl 58 right here on The Score? This is your chance. We've launched a new contest called Score Big for Your Business, where you can enter to win a 30-second Super Bowl commercial on The Score's broadcast of Super Bowl 58 from Westwood One. Log on to 670thescore.com slash contest to enter now and learn more details. Deadline to enter is January 19th. That That's those cost money. A spot during the Super that's that's a lot of money to get a spot during like the a, Super Bowl. A 30 second is like a million dollars or a 60 second is? Get one for free? I can do a lot for your business. The 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 return on investment on free is pretty good if you can win that. So go to 670thescore.com slash contest to enter for you and your business to get a commercial on here on the score during the Super Bowl. Uh, a few texts that have come in. 
312-644-6767. This one from the 815 says, Robbie, you have no idea what you're talking about, unfortunately. Well, you don't even know who you're talking to from the 815. My name is Rami. It's R-A-M-I-E. And when you Google it, I'm not that one. Keep scrolling down. I'm the other one. The other guy. All right. Um, I said while we were talking with uh, with our guest in the last segment about the Bulls, Mike McGraw, that it and he brought up this point. I hadn't thought about it till he said it. And it's 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 a little bit disheartening and depressing, but also a good point that there was a time in history when any time a big name free agent or disgruntled superstar hit the free agent or trade market, the Bulls would come up. As hey, I would like I would go play there. If not, I want to go. Remember Kobe Bryant almost forced a trade to the Bulls? Not like yeah. they were in the mix. He was their chosen destination. And there and and there were talks that and it almost happened, but it didn't. Tim Duncan, um, who is Carmelo Anthony? Remember when he came to visit, but Derek Rose like didn't kiss his feet, and people were like, Why isn't he doing more to get free agents? There was a time where any time Big-time free agents and and disgruntled superstars hit the market. Chicago was mentioned. Prime, D. Wade, and LeBron in Miami. Yes. Same yeah. deal. And you just don't hear that anymore. How many guys have forced their way out of their situation? Joel Embiid might be the next. I know things are going well now, but if you remember before the season started and when James Harden was setting the world on fire in Philadelphia on his way out the door, there were, there were some rumors that Joel Embiid, if they don't turn things around very soon – could force his way out of Philadelphia. And you heard the Knicks, you heard the Celtics, you you heard all sorts of teams. The Bulls never came up. Kevin Durant has forced his way out of three different organizations in the last five years. Never once did I hear the Bulls being a possible destination for him. Kyrie Irving, as much as I don't want him, and he can be a headache, he's a superstar in this league, he's forced his way out of a couple of different situations. Never mention the Bulls. It just doesn't happen, man, and that's a bad sign. I think the last player I heard about coming, like, rumored he'll come to the Bulls was Ben Simmons, and I almost threw up. Yeah, I don't want that guy. Ew. No, no. thank you. But um, this text from the 773 says, I'm sorry I take that back. Or no, first he said, I don't think the Bulls were ever a destination, rather a bargaining tool to sweeten the market. You might be able to say that for some of those guys. I don't know that for a fact, but I just brought up one in Kobe Bryant where it wasn't a bargaining tool. He wanted out of Los Angeles, and he wanted to go to Chicago. It, that, that was not – he didn't have another destination on his list that he was trying – you know, he wasn't trying to get more money from the Lakers. He was just done with that situation, wanted out, and the place he wanted to go was Chicago. That's one of the best players of our lifetime that chose Chicago as, his, as the place he wanted to go and play next. And it didn't happen. And since then, very few guys have have had the Bulls at the top of their list or anywhere on their list. Then you follow that up with Chicago is truly the second city or third or fourth. I don't I don't buy that, man. And I don't know what it is. Uh, he, he brought up Mark brought up that, you know, the Lakers seem to keep the mystique, the Knicks for whatever, although they haven't landed a superstar in a number of years, whether through free agency or through a trade. They always seem to be on lists and in rumors and in the mix. Same thing with the Celtics. Those three franchises, and it's, who knows, history, heritage. You know, they're some of the oldest and most storied franchises. 
in the league, but the Bulls had freaking Michael Jordan, man. Like, what are we? Why can't the Bulls keep that mystique and stay a destination even when they they fall off a little bit? You know what I mean? There's the, no reason they shouldn't be. The Lakers have tanked. The Knicks have tanked. All these organizations have tanked, and teams didn't go. No, I don't want to go there. But for some reason, the Bulls have lost all their mystique or attractiveness or or whatever it is that you want to say. It's just not there when you talk about superstars in this league for whatever reason. It's sad. Real quick, this whole show has been kind of sad. This isn't gonna this isn't gonna be any better, to be quite honest with you. Daniel Greenberg at the Athletic, he had like a twenty twenty three year in review, mm-hmm. and uh, he did he tallied all the records and whatnot. And uh, 2023, slightly better than 2022. Still not great. Here's your participation (laughs) award. None of our teams made the postseason, unless you want to count the Bulls getting that play-in thing, which I don't. I don't count that. If you you weren't one of the last eight teams, you didn't make the playoffs. And quite frankly, six through eight doesn't really impress me. You weren't going anywhere anyways. But none of the teams made the playoffs in Chicago this year, which just doesn't seem right. We're not some small little market somewhere out in the middle of nowhere America that's just trying to piece together a lucky season. This is the third biggest market in the country, man. How, none of these teams have been – we have how many pro, pro sports teams? Got Cubs, Bulls, Sox, Bears, Blackhawks. Got to count the – five, five franchises in this city couldn't sniff the playoffs in an enti- for the second straight year. But like I said, it was a little bit better. They went uh, 221 and 294 last year. For a 429 winning percentage, that's all five of the Chicago sports franchises together. Um, and this year, they went 218 and 285 for a 433 win percentage. So arrow pointing up, arrow pointing up, win percentage has gone up four points. We've made it, baby. Still at 433 and still looking at no playoff teams. And then he went back in this year in review and just went through like the top 10 moments of the year. And isn't it weird? I think COVID and the pandemic and being locked in our house for a year plus just messed up all our perception and sense of time, if you know what I mean. Because you see some of this stuff and you go, that was this year? That happened this year? The Bears got the number one pick, traded it, and got another one. All all in one season. All in one calendar year. Um, Let's see, what else happened this year? Remember the Northwestern Pat Fitzgerald thing? That seems like years ago. That seems like so long ago. Um, the shooting and the White Sox bleachers. That was, yeah, that happened this year. The nonsense with Alan Williams. I remember I was driving around in my car listening to Parkins and Spiegel, and that just got weirder as the day went along. I was working that day, and it was just chaotic. Tim Anderson getting knocked out in Cleveland. (laughs) That was this year. Doesn't that seem like much, much longer ago? And then just a few weeks ago, Jason Benetti leaves the White Sox for Detroit. That, That seems more recent. Those wounds are still fresh, and the White Sox should be ashamed of themselves for letting that happen and everything that led up to it. Our thanks to Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times joining me to talk some Bears. Carlos Medina of 106.3 FM Extra. He joined me with the Atlanta side of Bears and Falcons. Joe Kilgallen, check out the uh, Let's Get Dumb podcast and the My Favorite Cub podcast, as well as a special at Punch-Up Live. And Mike McGraw, He joined us to talk some Bulls from the Daily Herald. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Tyler Buterbaugh on the other side of the glass. I'm Robbie Makhlouf saying thanks for listening to The Score. I'll talk to you again soon. Have a good new year. Where do you go from here, Aaron? Home. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.